0: Welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library.
1: Welcome to Turn the Page podcast, and I'm here today with, uh, please introduce yourself.
0: My name's Lily Hirsch. I'm a musicologist and author of the book, Weird Al, Seriously.
1: So first of all, tell everybody what a musicologist is, because this is super cool.
0: (laughs) Um, I studied music history in undergrad, and then, um, in graduate school, I got my PhD in musicology. It's a fancy way of saying the study of music. Um, and for me, that's music theory, but mostly music history.
1: So why Weird Al? I love him. He's like one of my favorite people ever. Um, I've seen him in concert numerous times. I'm so happy he's still performing. But as a musicologist, um, where did this book come from?
0: <laughs> um, well, it does seem like kind of a departure. And my once I did this book on Weird Al, I looked at my CV and it looks a little crazy now because I started off my research focusing on Jewish music during the Holocaust. It was a pretty uh, obviously a uh, very serious, heavy topic. Um, and then I looked at music and crime prevention and, and uh, music's connection to racism. Uh, and again, very serious topic. Um, but I did realize I was focusing on categories, musical categories that needed someone to come and explode them. So uh, when I was working on Jewish music, I was concerned about these kind of fixed ideas that if a Jewish person writes music, it will be a certain thing. It will be this defined, um category of music jewish music um, but people like music are more dynamic than any sort of fixed labels um, and music and crime prevention it was something similar i was looking at these very lofty ideas that music elevates people that um, it, it makes a person more moral listening to the right sort of music um, and i knew from work on music during the holocaust that music could also be used in really negative ways Uh, So, I looked at a lot of different examples in crime prevention of music being used in a negative way and, you know, that's part of music's power. It can be so many different things. Um, And then, somehow I decided that I wanted to take on the category of funny music. Funny music is something that's dismissed um, as somehow inconsequential or somehow not as intelligent as so-called serious music. And I just knew that could not possibly be right. Uh, so that was my starting premise. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to focus on a specific funny musician. And Weird Al, of course, was the first person that came to mind. Um, I was so involved in classical music that I wasn't really aware of popular trends or, or very specifically Weird Al's music growing up. Um, but I still reached out. And I was able to get this interview with Weird Al himself, and so a book contract came very quickly after that, or right at the same time. And I was off, and then I discovered I was actually a Weird Al fan all along, even though I didn't know it.
1: Okay, so you didn't realize that when you first started writing the book? Yeah.
0: Oh, man. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was I had to do a full deep dive. I was listening to everything I could get my hands on. I was watching video clips of interviews he'd done in the past, reading anything I could. It was just a full weird owl immersion and the more I dug, the more interesting topics that were involved in the music, the more seriousness I've I saw in the music and And also, I didn't expect to find this really wonderful community around Weird Al and this powerful message in some of his music about being an individual, being your own person. And all of this was so uplifting, uh, especially when the book was finished and all of a sudden I found myself doing podcast interviews and, and promoting this book during the pandemic. And I found that I needed to talk about Weird Al. So not only was there this seriousness in the music and in the musicianship, but it also had serious psychological benefits, at least for me.
1: So first of all, um, how, talk about the structure of the book and sort of how you decided to do a deep dive into um, just his career and also just different messages in his songs.
0: Yeah, that was fun. I knew I wasn't doing a full biography. There is biography in there and I did ask some about um, his life, but this wasn't a memoir or a biography on my part or with his cooperation. I wanted to focus on the music. My whole goal was to shine a light on how powerful and how impactful and the musicianship behind funny music. Um, And uh, so I approached it by category. As I was listening to his music, I saw certain topics that would return um, and I, I thought it would be fun to do chapters around those different topics. So, you know, I've got kind of self-deprecation in there. I've got a chapter about politics, even though that was an interesting one because Weird Al does not want to get political. But there are these different kind of political themes in some of his music. So that was a really fun one. Um, but it was also kind of funny because I'm asking him about the politics and he, you know, he's keeping it light.
1: So yeah I noticed that and there's like I, I vaguely remember him um, performing though at one point with garfunkel and oats
0: I love Garfunkel and Oates.
1: yeah so and and now I'm I'm looking this up um you know because he does kind of like he, he does not get political mm-hmm. but I think Feel like he skates around it uh, sometimes, like you were saying. Um, he and only does, he, yeah. He performs a song with Garfunkel and Oates called "Save the Rich," which is, I yes. think, about as outwardly political as I've ever
0: really seen Al get. Yes. Yes. No. And he does do stuff like this, and he's got that trigger happy. Trigger happy was one that I saw as a clear message against guns, gun ownership, gun violence. Um, But uh, he gets away with it somehow. And I think part of it is parody and satire. People uh, can miss the point. There's a vagueness to it. So uh, some people can just kind of overlook this aspect of his art. It's not like Randy Rainbow where these are parodies that are so so specific.
1: Oh, a hundred a hundred percent on the nose. Yes,
0: yes, yes. <laughs> yes. So Weird Al, he, and he doesn't want to date his music. He doesn't he doesn't want to have things in his repertoire that he can't sing later on because they're so specific and now they're outdated. And that happens with with uh, political parody uh, like Randy Rainbow's. But Weird Al's is it's just vague enough. It's just general enough. Um, that he that he gets away with it. But he does kind of, you know, party in the CIA. There's a few songs that just skate that edge. Um, and, of course, everyone wants him to run for president, so.
1: Oh, I mean, man, I don't know if I'd want to do that to him, though. Know. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, he's just like, he, he just kind of gets better with age. And to see
0: how that could age him. <laughs> true, that's true. Barack Obama, when he started and he had this... In- fresh hair and then it just became grayer and grayer no that's yeah. we need weird out Al. weird else that bright spot that kind of happy break um i'm feeling that still since the pandemic on i just and now with this movie he's just oh i'm so excited yeah (laughs) i can't i can't wait i am so happy this movie exists it's just Mm -hmm. it's just a joy and i haven't even seen it i just i was
1: about to ask did you get like a preview of it were you like excuse me
0: wrote a book let me see a preview of this there's a wonderful fan community around weird al and i know there were a few of them that went up to toronto for the premiere of this movie at the film festival um and and they had an amazing time and i am so jealous that i wasn't there they sent me a you know some pictures and i'm getting these little tidbits um but i'm home with my kids i didn't make any big trips um yeah. i haven't seen it yet but the trailer has been tiding me over and i'm very excited because i actually have the Roku channel i when i heard it was going to be premiering on the Roku channel i was like what is that I was, oh i have it so i feel like the stars have aligned for me um, and I'm very excited. Um, but the trailer has been quite the gift. Just looking that over, I was just laughing so hard. And then it's been other people that have been pointing out little cameos and little little tidbits in that that I that I missed. Uh, I don't know if you saw. Uh, well, Weird Al's wife is in that little trailer, which I missed upon first viewing. And believe it or not, I missed Weird Al. Weird Al is in that trailer, and I missed it. <laughs> so that's that's been tidying me over.
1: So talk about um you know because he does a lot of different things um but he also does these polkas yeah which are like like these compact studies of almost like certain things all mixed together you know like he'll um like uh, the angry white boy polka mm-hmm. which um if any songs kind of needed to be polka
0: exactly uh, exactly and that yeah you were asking about the approach to the book and that that polka made it into the chapter about gender and that was funny of all the topics i looked at i had kind of a, an idea just as i was starting to listen to his music of what the topics would be i did not have gender listed only that one came about later i didn't see that one coming but there were just so many different songs that seemed to flip that hyper masculinity and that kind of toxic Uh, toxic, patriarchal thing we've seen for so long. So much, yes. (laughs) Yes, and those became my favorite songs. the Trash Day, flipping that kind of gross Nelly song, Hot In Here. Um, I loved that, Uh, you know, the Rico Suave parody. There were just so many songs that needed to be punctured the way he did. And that was one question I asked him about his approach and why he was taking on toxic masculinity and I was so happy for him to say you know that's a new question because he's been you know he's been in the business for so so long he gets asked the same questions over and over and he has these wonderful answers just ready to go but that was one um that I he hadn't been asked and I didn't see coming I didn't see myself doing that chapter but that was one of my favorite chapters the way he took on those different songs all together in that polka, and then flipped them in this way. And it's a commentary on so many things, not only toxic masculinity, but also the whole idea of genre, the way he's blending these different pieces with polka. It was just, it's wonderful what he does with parody and anyone who dismisses parody does not understand parody.
1: I um, was, you know, I'm a, first of all, that's awesome. And just the fact that you got to talk to him was like the coolest thing ever. You know, I feel like in a way, Weird Al is like, you know, like one of those people who's always been non-toxic masculinity and making it work since day one for him. Yeah. Um. Just everything about just his approach to life, you know, and the fact that he's like owned the fact that he's an accordion player.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I have, I'll, I work at, I have looked at gender issues around women and my next book's going to deal with toxic labels that affect women in music, which
1: I which I would very much like to get you on the calendar to talk about as well, because I did see that was an upcoming book of yours.
0: I'm excited. That was a very different project when working on the Weird Al book, even though I, it was touching on some big issues, I was having so much fun. I was so happy the whole time I was working on that project, working on this book about toxic labels affecting women. I was so angry just for a full year so that was a very different project but i knew i know about gender issues affecting women they're just everywhere and when i had my daughter i was worried for her about what the world was going to be like when i had my i also have a son when i had my son i assumed the world was just kinder to men it was just easier for men and he was a little guy just you know two years old and he has an older sister and he wanted to copy her this is his big sister Um, So there was a brief period where he would want to wear a tutu around town where I live, just wanting to be like his big sister. Uh, And the comments I got when he was out in public were ridiculous. I didn't see any of that coming. People just coming up to me saying, don't worry, he'll grow out of it, things like this. And I'm thinking I wasn't worried. This is just a tutu. He's not playing with matches or, you know, hitting anyone. This is just a tutu. Um, So when I think about my son, I'm so glad I did this project about Weird Al, that there's models for men out there of of just good men that can uh, take on toxic masculinity, can be their own person without feeling the need um, uh, to put on some sort of macho front and who he's kind, he's nice. And we need so much more of that right now.
1: And I was thinking and I've always been thinking Chuck talking about the movie is that like of all the people to play him Daniel Radcliffe is a really good choice for so many reasons because he's another one who just does not take himself so seriously like he's kind, you know he could be like walking in everywhere and being like I'm Harry Potter come on but he's very aware you know that he's not like your typical leading man he's you know, he's you know small and slight and um he's very silly and he seems just very at you know um very open to just playing these wild weird characters and it was just such a really good
0: choice I love the choice too. I can vouch. I knew Weird Al had this nice reputation, but I wanted to meet him and really see you know for myself, and he was so so nice when I met him. You know, offering me coffee, I was like, I can't accept coffee, Weird Al's not gonna make me coffee. Just a delight. Um, I haven't met Daniel Radcliffe, but so I can't vouch, but he does seem really nice. And in all these interviews you see online, he seems so genuinely excited about having worked with Weird Al and you know, grateful for having this experience. And it just seems so right. Plus, I love the whole mashup that we have this kind of. Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter, Weird Al Burrito. It's just so right for a parody. It's just this rich pop cultural mashup. I just love it.
1: so what what is one of your favorite original Al songs? Because I definitely know what mine is, but I'm curious about yours.
0: I so I'm not totally sure. I know my son loves Albuquerque. And the last concert I went to, uh, he was here in Bakersfield uh, in June and they did the longest version of Albuquerque I have ever heard where they almost the in, oh no, and then I had to start it all over again. And it was amazing. It was epic.
1: <laughs> I've seen him perform Albuquerque as well. Uh, how old is your son?
0: He's nine now. When I started the book, he was just starting kindergarten and now he's, yeah, he's nine and he's, he's a big Weird Al fan.
1: Yeah, my boys are big fans. I mean, it's not original, but they, they sing The Saga Begins all the time. <laughs> that's, uh, but anyway, so yeah, my favorite Weird Al song is actually Virus Alert, just because, oh, a good it, alert. yeah. So joyous and so silly. And, you know, I, that's like one of those things that I wonder if it's going to be lost in time, you know, because like... I don't know if as many people are like checking their email, (laughs) you know, like it it feels like everything is sort of uh, being filtered through social media now. But at the same time, it just it absolutely is just one of these joyous, happy, fun songs. And every time it comes on, I just it makes me laugh. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I put I bet a lot of his song. I put that song a hold up. There's so many songs that hold up in unique ways. Just sometimes, just because of the wordplay, just because the clever turns of phrases. So it's it's amazing what he's done and how smart he's been about the songs he he does. So I, I think I think that song's sticking around.
1: Uh, so what about parodies? Do you have a favorite parody? That that's really really difficult because I couldn't pick mine.
0: Yeah, I've always been bad at picking favorite songs or favorite musicians just cuz it's often whichever one has caught my attention and I want to write about it or there's some weird other thing going on and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm deep diving. Um so I think for that reason I have a special soft spot for a lot of the songs that uh, the parodies that take on gender. Um and I love the I love Rocky Road that he's playing with Joan Jett. He t- he he kind of inhabits the space of some of these strong women um and I I just love that uh even even the play on Madonna I love like that. a sir yeah I was actually thinking when you said takes
1: on gender in my mind um like a surgeon was just really really good for so many reasons and just you know how he how he like really just like manipulated his voice and even the the video is hilarious
0: video the video i find just amazing the way he does some of these kind of uh traditionally provocative kind of feminine stereotypical feminine moves but when he's doing them it just looks ridiculous and it makes you think why you're reacting that way um there's so much going on in that video and I love that we've got Madonna as a big character in this upcoming movie. I've got this I know. I'm so I like
1: I am so excited to see how they're going to how how that's going to work. I'm so like but then you you know you were also talking about that before and I was thinking about when he did perform this way um with Lady Gaga mm-hmm. which was great. But that was another great video where he was doing exactly what you just said. You know, I think yeah. video and music with him works very well. But yeah. you, like, I, and I've heard people say, well, you know, it's really the video and the music. But I do think in general, just musically, he's just a musical genius.
0: Yes. And he is very uh, creative artistically and visually. So you do have these really these, these, the added value of these videos and the album art, you know, which is kind of a lost... A Lost Tradition, um, all of that. There's so many layers. And the neat thing about Weird Al is you can appreciate him on so many different levels. You cannot know the original song and enjoy the parody, Um, just the silly wordplay, the sound, but then when you really know the original, there's this this conversation that's happening between the new and the old, and there's so much going on. Then you've got the video. There's just so many layers there. It's, It's just it's just a delight and now we have another layer with this biopic where we've got uh, so much confusion a whole other layer for people um where the movie's going to be fun no matter what i just know it Uh, but when you really know the details of his life there's a whole other added layer of fun and i'm personally really enjoying the people that are so confused did weird al date madonna that question or was weird al a heavy drinker (laughs) and these no Oh, yeah. That's a hard no to all of that. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And I <laughs> but, love that my career has has led me here where I you started off in graduate school, learning how to write Bach chorales and realize figured bass. And now I get to answer the question, did Weird Al date Madonna? No.
1: <laughs> I, it, I think that that's like what's so funny about it, because like in general, biopics, are usually pretty questionable, too. I mean, what what was it? You know, I, I interviewed someone who wrote a book with Robbie Krieger of The Doors and just kind of talked about how much doors and Jim Morrison law was, um, lore, law, not law, lore, he did have problems with the law, but not. that's not what we're talking about, you know, was um, was wrapped up in that Oliver Stone movie and, you know, how much of it was actually not what happened. Um, But made for a less boring biopic of Jim Morrison, who's been kind of deified by his fans. Uh, But like Weird Al is just such, you know, I mean, like again, he's like, other than having nice, long, curly hair, he's about as far from Jim Morrison as possible. But he did a great Morrison. He did a great Morrison um, impression when he did that Craigslist song.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs)
1: Yeah, biopics in general are kind of like untraditional. uh, uh, Not not untraditional. I'm really having a day here. Unreliable (laughs) Unreliable narrations. Yes.
0: No, I agree. That's the fun of this. So not only is he playing with his own life, and so you've got this fun clash there, but he's also taking on all of these cliches and taking on the biopic in general. And that's the fun of parody. It can be you know, this homage and this criticism and all of these things all together. So some of the cliches, I personally, I some of the musical cliches out there are so frustrating, this kind of tortured genius that's going to have to have this sort of dark period. And Weird Al's taking on those cliches, like his musical genius. You know, he's he's playing with all of those kind of pretensions around music. And you're right, the unreliable... Uh, narration in the biopic and that's something he's dealt with too I think it was the VH1 that did a thing about him early in his career where they really play up his his dating history like poor weird al you know really laying it on thick Um, so yeah that's something he's seen firsthand that kind of unreliableness so it's fun I didn't even wasn't even uh, I didn't bring that up at first how yes he's taking on the whole genre and that's just great
1: so was there something you learned while writing this book that really surprised you other than um the take on gender like was there something you learned about him something um just you know like a little nugget that you want to drop to like for breadcrumbs to kind of lead you to, to to find something in the book
0: Let's see. I think the surprising thing to me, there were quite a few, I was surprised by my own personal reaction, how much I was enjoying living in that space, especially during the pandemic. So it was this real firsthand experience of what I had been writing. I'd theoretically been writing about the psychological benefits of humor, but to really feel that personally, that was something um, surprising. Uh, I think the fan community, for me, it was another that was. I, I kind of suspected, but to see that firsthand and the creativity, I think fans have this another stereotype uh, that you know it's just these screaming people that are incomplete somehow. It's kind of that idea of the, the the screaming throngs of girls outside of some you know boy band or whatever. Um, not always the the most positive picture of fans. Uh, and the Weird Al fans that I came in contact with um, were wonderful. And I'm sure there's some terrible ones that I just haven't met yet. But so many of them uh, are so creative and constructive in their interactions with Weird Al's music. It's not something that's passive. It's it's really inspiring and exciting. And it was so fun to hook up with with some of that community uh, and be a part of it and, and it, for, for it to be such an, an open place so that was fun um looking into all the different musicians that were influenced by weird al was also very nice in the first edition of the book in 2020 i talk about the musicians that influenced weird al and i didn't even think to talk about all the different musicians and comedians and a magician who were uh, influenced by Weird Al, so that's something I added uh, with the expanded edition. Getting to look at that and and mentioning Garfunkel and Oates and some of these amazing musicians that were influenced by Weird Al. Um, so there there are lots of different things like that, and just I feel like I'm continuing to find little little puns in his music that I didn't notice upon first listening. There's just always something to discover in his music.
1: Awesome. Uh, Well, we're really excited to watch Weird, (laughs) the Weird Al story, which is going to be 100% not accurate, but super fun. (laughs) But, I, you know, hey, if you if you want to, you know, live in like a mind space where you you want to pretend that uh, I don't know, whatever, like in order to be an artist, you have to have this dark past just just enjoy the story <laughs> just enjoy the movie um and um seriously weird there was um was there an addition to it for the paperback
0: yes could- yeah the paperback it was an expanded edition so i added quite a quite a lot of different songs i hadn't talked about the first time i added a section i called it the school of Owl. in classical music they kind of talk about schools of music like spheres of influence so i thought it was fun to bring in that terminology and talk about a school of Al, the sphere of influence around him. Um, So I added that section, of course, talking about Lonely Island and groups like that. Um, I also added an afterword where I really talked about the fan community and the different people. I got to meet different podcasters and how much that meant to me, feeling a part of that community, a community I didn't really know I needed, but apparently I did. Um, And uh, there's lots of little things like that. I've updated certain things. I did update the chapter dealing with the race um, because those conversations changed so quickly, especially um, after the summer of 2020. So um, there are some changes there. Um, I think I added a bit more about various songs. Um, I had not talked much about I Want A New Duck, which I find hilarious. That song needed to have more attention, so now it does. So lots of changes like that.
1: Thank you so much, Lily Hirsch. This was awesome. Um, and uh, check out Weird, Weird Al Seriously. Um, and um, check out Weird Al Anything because he's so great.
0: Yeah, yeah check out Weird Al Anything. Nicely put. I agree. Make,
1: make a, and um, if you, uh, for listeners who have not actually seen Al perform, you must. It is, you must. Absolutely, 100% something you have to do.
0: Yeah, it's a great atmosphere just to be a part of that joy, just to feel that joy live. It's just, everyone needs that in their life.
1: Thank you so much. And we are going to close this chapter of Turn the Page. It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode.